Hey everyone, thanks for checking out Valor Outdoor Sportsman Podcast, brought to you today by Valor Game Calls, G93 Outdoors, and Capturing the Hunt. Let's go. What's up, what's up everyone? How's it going? Glad that y'all are here with us today for our very first uh, Valor Outdoor Sportsman's podcast. Uh, this is something that I've been so excited about for a long time. It's been a couple years thinking through it. Do we want to do this? Do we not? What are we going to talk about? And uh, right now, I think is the time. We've got a lot of cool stuff, a lot of stuff planned, and we'll talk about that in that podcast. But before we get to it, I want to talk about the guys I have here with me today. Um, first is Colt Door. What's up, dude? Hey, man. How are you? Good, man. How's glad, it going? Glad to be here. Yep. And also, we got Lay Taylor. He's the owner of Capturing the Hunt. And uh, he does a lot of photography, videography for us. And he's going to be our uh, sideman, Googler, producer, uh, keep us on track because we can get kind of crazy sometimes, <laughs> you know. Um, so that's who's with me today. And uh, I'm excited uh, for to see what happens. Uh, a couple of things we wanted to get to before we start the podcast is saying thanks to our sponsors. We've already got people backing us, helping us out um, through different connections uh, in the hunting industry and and different friends and stuff. So the first is uh, my personal company, Valor Game Calls. Uh, we make uh, handmade custom uh, duck calls, goose calls, varmint calls, anything you can think of, anything you want in a call, we do. And so if you ever need anything, check us out on socials. Uh, the next sponsor is G93 Outdoors, owned by Mr. Colt Door, who's in here with us today. I and mean, we'll talk a lot about what G93 does, but uh, do a lot of guiding hunts, waterfowl, exotic hunts, white-tailed deer, all that kind of stuff. So uh, we'll get all the info about G93 here in a bit. And then also capturing the hunt, which is lathe. Uh, and uh, I talked about that a minute ago, but he does hunting photography. All of us are on socials. If you ever want to find us, if you need pictures of a hunt, pictures of anything, check out lathe at capturing the hunt. A couple other sponsors. One is A-Bear's Custom Decoy Rigs. I love talking to Damon on the phone, man. Man, he's an awesome, awesome guy. <laughs> I love that guy. Uh, he literally, we started using his rigs uh, last season, um, and I, I've i tried to tangle those rigs, and I can't do it. Can't do it. And I try to understand his accent, and I can't do it. <laughs> yes. Uh, we're actually going to have him on sometime. Uh, I love talking to him on the phone. He literally has one of the best rig setups that you can buy. I remember when I first started waterfowl hunting, uh, using cheap rigs and the first hour is just untangling decoys mm -hmm. uh, his rigs totally solved that and so he's on socials a bear h-e-b-e-t nope h-e-b-e-r-t -E uh custom decoy rigs check that out green fox marketing we're actually sitting in their studio right now um they're out of granberry texas and they do all kinds of marketing for your business social media uh, rebranding websites, anything that you need marketing stuff for, they do it. They're personal friends of ours. Uh, Colt's brother actually works for Green Fox, and then uh, the other, uh, the owner of it is a, a close friend of ours, uh, Eric. And so, if you need anything marketing-wise for your company, um, man, from what I've worked with them, they are super professional and they're great at what they do. So check them out online, Green Fox Marketing. All right, so that's it for sponsors. Uh, so first podcast, I'm super excited about this. And I thought the first thing we could talk about is why do we want to do a podcast? Like, what's the point of this? There's a lot of podcasts out there. I listen to a lot of hunting podcasts. There's a lot of really good hunting podcasts. There's water spout, waterfowl specific. There's hunting in general. There's 
Wired uh, to Hunt. Wired to Hunt. There's all kinds of good stuff. Uh, Meat Eater is a great, I, I mean, there's so many that I love to listen to. Um, so I thought, man, I'm excited about doing a podcast, but why? Like, why? And I think the first thing is, man, I just am excited to tell our stories. You know, we've got a lot of stories from hunting, um, just things that have gone on in the field, uh, meeting different people, meeting different companies, whatever it is. And I'm excited to tell stories, give our perspectives uh, from all of that. Um, Colt has been... I think he uh, was born with a gun in his hands. Can I say that? <laughs> I guess. And nowadays, <laughs> I don't know. Uh, but he's been hunting for forever. That's his life. And so uh, I love getting to talk to Colt, talk talk different things with him. So share our perspectives, experiences, help people. Uh, I love, uh, I listen to a lot of podcasts where they talk about different hunting equipment, whether it's guns or decoys or waterfowl stuff, whatever it is. And it gives me a lot of insight to what are these guys using and what do they like best and what do they not like about these products? So we're going to do a lot of, uh, a lot of stuff like that. Um, some main things that I would love to see in this podcast is, man, I want to have fun. I want to laugh, be real, um, raw. We're going to have other, uh, hosts on here that are buddies that, man, we can barely get through a conversation without laughing our face off. So, uh, that'll be fun. I want to be honest. Uh, we were talking, me and Colt were talking before we started this podcast and, uh, I said, Hey, there may be a question that I've never asked you before. And if you can't answer it, you may just say, I can't answer that. <laughs> and so it doesn't get more honest and real than that. And so we're going to go places that, uh, there'll be a lot of stuff that we've never talked about before. Uh, one thing that's cool is me and you are really close friends, but there's a lot of stuff that we have never talked about, or I've never asked you, yeah. or I don't know. Yeah. And so a lot of that's going to be re revealed live on this podcast, which I think would be super cool. Um, so fun, honest, real and raw, and we're just gonna, uh, we're gonna do it and have fun. Okay. Guest lineup, some stuff coming up. We're gonna talk a lot about equipment. We'll have Damon on, we'll have some lanyard guys on, we'll talk guns, shells, decoys, camo, anything that involves hunting, uh, is what I would love to talk about. Also, we'll, uh, we'll, we'll have lathe on for a whole, um, episode talking about hunting photography. That's a big thing in the hunting world right now with photography and videography. And uh, Lath, it's been cool to see his story over the past year going from uh, he didn't really do much hunting photography to like he's totally engulfed in it now and he's one of the best. I mean, he's so I, good. I agree 100%. Yep. So we'll do that. Um, also, uh, a lot of our hunts this season, we're going to be videoing. We'll start a YouTube channel. Um, it's already started, Valor Calls. So we'll do. Uh, uh, a lot of videoing our hunts this year, editing those videos down and posts on YouTube. So check out our YouTube channel to see a lot of those hunts. We've got some cool stuff planned for sure. We'll interview business partners, uh, G93. We'll interview Zeke and Eric from Green Fox. Uh, I have a buddy that's a dog trainer. Um, I would love to get f our families on here. We talked about having your dad on, Colt, and then uh, my grandpa. I thought the other day, man, there's a lot of stuff I've never asked my grandpa that'd be cool to capture on this as well. So dads, grandpas, kids, first hunts, hunting, uh, just in general, anything. That's the kind of stuff we're going to talk about on this podcast. Okay. So, uh, we hope you subscribe, like, and, uh, stick along with us because I think it's gonna be a fun ride. Um, the next thing I want to talk about is who we are, like why, uh, what gives us the background we have and all that kind of stuff. Um, and tell our stories with our companies. But before that, uh, the first thing I want to talk about is that we're both pastors. <laughs> and that's my, my main job is, is a pastor. Um, Colt is a worship pastor. And so uh, it's been cool to see over the past <clears throat> three, four seasons, 
what God's done with our companies and how, um, man, when we continue to put our focus on him and, and using our companies to, to further the gospel, it totally changes perspective and totally changes, uh, what we're doing. And so, um, yeah, man, you want to speak into like what I'm fixing to ask you about your whole company, but just from the perspective of the gospel and Jesus and what that looks like, like, what does that look like for your company now, as opposed to two years ago? So I, I would say that <clears throat> the biggest difference is, is uh, you know, honesty, integrity, living living by that in the in the outfitting and guiding world is is fairly tough. You know, mm-hmm. you want to you want to bring people out into the field with you, and and uh, back in back in the days, you would I, w- I would say, man, the birds are thick or, or whatever. You know, trying to get people there, and, and God wasn't honoring that in me whatsoever. I was more concerned about the money, and of course, I want to get out there. And of course, you never know about the birds. Yeah, uh, a lot of a lot of that's changing me. I've realized that hey, you just be forward with with your with your customers and things. Uh, just say hey, but, you know, if anything, tell them hey, it's it's you never know. Even if if there's a thousand birds on the water before you get there, you use you, you'll never know. You know. Yeah. And, and go from there but but to go back to you know we so i, I started this new outdoor company uh, which you know you and i both know that i had cut them outfitters for six years and yep. uh me and my cousin ike were running that together he was he's out of san angelo uh, I'm still we're, we're still continuing that name uh first from waterfowl side of things i don't want to lose that clientele but the biggest way for me to uh change the avenue that i want to go was to just completely rebrand restart and that's what we did with g93 and and actually talking about ministry g93 stands for genesis 9 3 Mm -hmm. uh which that bible verse says everything that lives and moves will be food for you just as i give you the green green plants i now give you everything yep so when someone says hey Colt, what is what's g93 well right there the doors open opportunity for ministry you know, and uh, so I'm excited to I'm, I'm excited for this new avenue. I mean, this is very fresh. We just got our insurance done on it. The LLC's finalized. Everything's uh, done. We got the new ranches. Everything's good. Uh, yeah. And I'm excited about it. So yeah. God's working. Absolutely. And it's been cool to see that. Uh, man, I think that uh, sometimes when you say you're a pastor, <laughs> yep. guys, uh, they kind of get like they start. They become sheltered, like, whoa, what I got to watch what I say, I got to watch what I do, all that kind of stuff. Uh, man, I, I, I think we're pastors that just live a normal life. Like we, oh, 100%. And, and, and I think, if anything, you and I both can, can bring out the fun in somebody, you know. And yeah. They can be who they want to be around us and not, not uh, put their guard up, you know. And uh, that's, that's something that I live for is to make someone feel comfortable in the field. Yeah. So, uh, I've seen that over and over with my company as well. Just, man, when I put the Lord first and follow him and run hard after him, uh, all the duck hunting and making calls and meeting people like that's all part of the plan that he has for us. And so, man, I love, I love that. We always, when we're in the field, um, guiding clients, when we're with guys, we always start the morning off with a prayer. And, uh, I love that part of the company. Love, love, uh, some guys, they might have never prayed before in their yeah, life. Like, yeah. But it's just something cool we get to share with them. And uh, sometimes that causes questions like, hey, what, what, when you said this in your prayer, what does that look like? And so it just creates, uh, it creates a cool atmosphere, and, and I love getting to do that. Yeah. So you mentioned G93. Man, I want to know about you, Colt Door. Uh, there's a lot of stuff that I do know about you. Man, this is going to be a good 
This is going to be good, Lath. I'm excited. Uh, well, so, l- let me remind you that a second ago you said I can answer with saying I don't have to answer that, right? <laughs> well, just one specific <laughs> question. It can't be a whole question. But, uh, man, uh, I, I want to know your story. Give me your background growing up. I've seen your junior class picture, which we'll talk about at some point. It's awesome. <laughs> but tell me about you uh, growing up, family, what got you into hunting, all that kind of stuff. Yeah. Give me your testimony. Ah, right, man. So <clears throat> growing up, my I had a dad that was probably one of the most successful hunters that I, I know still to this day. Uh, he doesn't hunt very often now. He's a he's a grandpa. He sure enjoys the kids, especially while I'm out hunting. Uh, he'll he's him and my mom are first to take the step to to watch them. Uh, but growing up, I was around that quite a bit. A good buddy of mine, Bridger C, and I grew up together uh, with our dads being best friends, and he was the same way. He's an avid hunter. Uh, his dad was, and my dad was, and it just kind of fell fell in together. Uh, I've got two brothers, Zeke and Luke. Uh, both of them are... Pookie. Oh, Pookie. Yeah. Oh, Pookie. <laughs> oh, Pookie. Uh, both of them are in Granbury here. Uh, both of them have been in and out of ministry throughout their uh, young adult life as well. Uh, you know, Zeke is Zeke's doing the marketing thing now, real estate thing, and Luke's working for Daffin Air mm-hmm. uh, here in Granbury. Uh, you know, we were, I was raised in church real hard. It was almost forced down my throat to the point where I rebelled against it for as soon as I was out of the house and had the opportunity to, uh, and I, and I got with a little age, uh, came responsibility and I got married to a beautiful girl named Sky. Uh, we have three beautiful babies and a fourth one on the way. Yeah. Uh, It's, you know, uh, so real quick, when you have a bunch of kids, somebody says, there's always that one person you say, you know, how you, you know, what's causing that. Yeah. And I say, yeah, have you seen my wife? <laughs> you know, <laughs> you know yeah. I can't quit. Absolutely. <laughs> but, uh, you know, so so you, you grow up a little bit just with age, and, and more often than not, as as a man, you mature a little bit. And, yeah. uh, and I was missing something in my life. You know, I, 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 knew, uh, I knew I had God, and I knew that he was always there, but he was on the back burner for me. Yeah. Uh, it took me a good while to, to accept that. And over the last – probably four to five years I've really really tried to drastically change my life still struggling in some ways and uh you know I'll just uh, I needed something there and yeah. uh so about two years ago an opportunity opened up for our church uh that I that I was already going to at Fairview Baptist in Mineral Wells Texas and uh opportunity opened up for music I mean, uh you know worship pastor and I uh and I applied for it, and I got the job. And, and through that, it, there's been some tough grinding moments, and uh, but God has really, really blessed my life. You know, uh, <clears throat> right out of high, right out of high school, I went into college. I went 14 days non consecutively. Uh, had a long stint there. It was nice. <laughs> uh, I decided I was going to pursue uh, team roping and women. Yeah. And set a school. Uh, as soon as I got married, it wasn't it wasn't long before I needed to get out of the wanting to be a cowboy phase and making 50 bucks a day and I needed to find a real job. Yep. I got into the oil field. I started with a company out of Millsap, Texas. Uh, worked there for three or four years kind of built a career out of what I wanted to do there. Uh, I went and worked for another a, a somewhat competitor company at that point. Uh, left that. Was miserable with my life. I was traveling all the time. Wasn't able to be a good dad or husband because I was spending 200 days a year in a hotel somewhere. Yeah. Uh, and God opened up an opportunity for me 
to be a partner in an oil field company. Uh, and that's where I am to this day, almost four years later. And, and it's been a rocky road with the Rona uh, going on and the yep. oil field shutting down. But, man, it's uh, the Lord is providing for sure. And we're seeing a light at the end of the tunnel. Um, outside of that, man, it's life's good. I mean, it's yeah. it's been crazy growing up. <laughs> uh, there's a million stories I'm sure we can go over, and I'm sure we're going to go over half of them. But uh, <laughs> embarrassing so, ones and not. Uh, yeah. yeah. So one thing I always love about, uh, like, well, I always notice with you and Zeke and Pookie mm-hmm. is that anytime y'all talk about y'all's dad, y'all talk about, like, y'all have so much respect and love for him. And uh, I've met him, and, and I love the guy, too. Yeah. But, man, what, like, um, like him taking you hunting and hunting with him and all that kind of stuff, like, what did that do for you growing up that made you say, man, I want to be an outfit. I want to I want to own an outfitting company and, and guide okay. hunts. So, to be honest with you, to start that off, it's kind of going to be a sob story. I, like I said, I grew up with my dad not being around much because of his passion for hunting. Yeah, uh, and he wasn't he wasn't financially able to bring us on these hunts. I think Zeke got to go on one uh, as we all got a little bit older because Dad was able to financially get a little better, yeah. uh, or you know make more money. And uh, it was real hard on me. Uh, the passion for hunting was there, and I did. My dad took us plenty. Don't get me wrong, but uh, lots of holidays he was on a hunt and stuff. And I, I always craved that from my dad. I think is is what it was. You know. Yeah. Uh, as far as, you know, because the, the opportunity was more rare than not for me to hunt with him when I did go, because I knew his passion was hunting and you want to be like daddy, you know? And, and so when I did get to go, uh, it's such, I mean, to this day, it's such a nostalgic feel to go to these same blinds and, and ranches that we hunted growing up. And that, that, that feeling, that gut feeling you get of just pure joy that you're with your dad and you're in the blind and, and you're getting to shoot a deer or you're chasing rabbits with a twenty two pellet gun, whatever. Mm-hmm. Those are the memories that I still look back on today. And so to pinpoint how he got me into it, I would probably say that it was because I was so envious of the time that he gave to it. Mm. Growing up, I realized that, you know what, that's – that's his that's what's between him and god and yeah. i'm and that's not going to happen with me which my kids are at my hip when i go hunting and they're my little shadows and they they're cleaning deer and you know just stuff like that oh yeah uh, as far as the outfitting side of things man i just love hunting you know i love it uh i got to a point where i saw an opportunity to make money by having lots of buddies that i hunted with and thought, man, people will pay. You know, people will pay for this. I've got some really good spots that I lease for for myself, and uh, so I, I kind of structured a little business deal and uh, and ran with it, and and it and it worked. You know, some some years are horrible. Uh, you know, you're you're counting on a migrating bird to show up from three thousand miles away with a brain the size of a peanut. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and hoping he lands on your little water hole. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, but I saw an opportunity there, and it was nice because if my wife saw that it was a job, yeah, I was a lot, I was more able to go more often. You know, absolutely. without getting grouted, I'm like, well, babe, I made forty two dollars this morning. Absolutely, you know? <laughs> yeah. Well, my so my wife didn't, her dad and brother didn't grow up hunting, like yeah. they didn't have hunting in their household. And uh, when I really got in hunting four or five years ago, it was an adjustment for her because yeah. she never had that. And uh, the past two years, like. Uh, the language has changed to whenever she's planning something 
she's literally planning my hunting days in the calendar. I'm like, man, this mm-hmm. is crazy. Like this is a, this is a total this is real. This is opposite yeah. of what, uh, <laughs> and she's always loved it. She's loved cause I take the kids too. And we love getting out there, yeah. but, um, she sees my passion for it and she supports me. And, uh, she literally like, it's just in her mind now, Hey, we're, he's going to be hunting and the kids are gonna be hunting and this is what we're going to do. And right. we love it. So, um, so with your company now, uh, you started back in the day guiding and all that stuff. And now you talked a minute ago that you're, it's G93 outdoors. And so, man, what is, what does that look like? Structure of the company, uh, where we're, we're in Texas. Uh, I don't know. Did you say you grew up in mineral wells? Yep. Okay. So Colt grew up in mineral wells. I grew up in Stephenville. We're in central Texas. Uh, so tell us about G93 as a whole, uh, Give us the, not the sales pitch, but the, uh, man, I think, uh, uh, it's Colt's one of the, is probably the best hunter that I know, like just from his knowledge from hunting and everything that he does in the field. And, uh, I know he, he takes guys on some really cool experiences. So what does that look like? G93 outdoors and everything you're doing now. Okay. So we kind of hit the ground running pretty hard. Like I said, uh, we went ahead and LLC this company because we took on two ranches that, we're going to require such a large liability insurance. And so we would, you know, just trying to make the right business decision, I'd rather an LLC be the one uh, to get sued if the worst was to come, you know, a fire or an accident. Uh, we have two of our, we have two ranches right now. One of them is located at Possum Kingdom Lake in North Central Texas. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's one of the clearest lakes in Texas, also known as the number one party lake in Texas. Uh, fun fact. Fun fact. And uh, <laughs> it uh, it is it houses thousands and thousands and thousands of waterfowl every year. Yeah. Um, our ranch up there is a high fence ranch, so we do we run a genetically enhanced whitetail 100% northern breed whitetail in there and we have all different sorts of exotics in there you know your prime your primary ones like axis and black buck and stuff like that uh so our lodge at the lake up there is probably the front door to the lake is probably 17 feet holy uh hey sleeps 34 it is a monster lodge yeah uh it is awesome we're really looking forward to what that what that is going to bring us this year yeah you sent Uh, me a picture the other day of something you shot you called me before i got the picture and you said hey i shot this thing i still can't tell you what it, what that <laughs> thing was then i got off the phone and you i saw the picture i was yeah. like that thing's awesome what was it a scimitar horned oryx yeah that's why i can't remember yeah or an oryx <laughs> yeah uh, anyway it's very very good eating as a matter of fact we're going to use that as we i got almost 200 pounds of steaks cut out of it and that's what we're going to feed our hunters on the steaks unless they just demand beef yeah uh but anybody that has never tried oryx go out there and shoot you one or send me your address and i'll freeze box send you a steak because it is <laughs> it is incredible is it yeah it and is. you shot that off the ranch no this is a buddy of mine's ranch we were oh, guiding gotcha. on uh we we hadn't finalized it by by last weekend oh, okay. so we we had to move this hunt over but gotcha uh so the other ranch which which you're well aware of and so is lathe uh this is called Tierra Sagrado, and it is in Glen Rose. It's 1,600 acres of, I'm comfortable to say, probably the best waterfowl hunting setup you'll have ever hunted in North Texas. It is gnarly. It is crazy. <laughs> yeah. uh, it has, so the way that this ranch is set up at the top of the property, it's a, it's it's on Chalk Mountain in Glen Rose, or outside of Glen Rose. At the top of the property, it's about a 10 to 12 acre lake. Well, you said Chalk Mountain. People don't know, like Chalk Mountain's kind of like a hill. 
Yes. Yeah. <laughs> like when slide, you say mountain. A slide hill. Yeah, yeah. a slide hill. But yeah. it's still got some elevation. There's to some it. grass and a couple of boulders on it. Yeah, there. we don't have mountains, yeah. mountains around here, but go ahead. Uh, so <laughs> it's got a 10 to 12 acre lake up top that is that captures lots of runoff. And so f- starting from that lake, there's seven dams below it. And the, it, it's not natural runoff. It has natural runoff the way that he's built this property, but he also has a 10 inch pipe that's valved off to where he can he can free flow water to fill up everything on the way down so you're constantly having uh water in each in each uh hole there are uh seven man-made levees if you will duck ponds they're all right now all seven of them are planted in all of your aquatic waterfowl seeds your millet your smart weed everything like that uh and they've been drenched uh, once a week for the last three weeks. By the time till season comes along, we're going to be smashing till out at this place, you yep. know. And it uh, it's just set up perfectly. The lot there's two different type of lodging accommodations up there. There's a luxury style kind of corporate deal. It's a little more pricey, but you're going to get what you pay out of that deal. I mean, it's you're going to eat wagyu steaks, you're going to kill quail. You know, we've got a whole bunch of qu- uh, pen raising now native quail out there because of the years and. Uh, there's trophy, trophy, trophy bass fishing on this place at yeah. all these lakes. Uh, we just went this morning, me and Cahill, and I mean, I don't know how many bass we caught, but it was literally every other cast, if not every, between one of us two, that we were catching a three to a four, four and a half pound bass. Yeah. Uh, the biggest bass on that ranch is 12 pounds on the dot that Ricky himself caught. Man. Uh, I mean, just just an incredible place to yeah. go out there. And then so the the other lodge, if you will, is actually a double-wide trailer. Uh, it's a it's a nice one, and it's on the very back of the 1600 acres, and that's where G93 Lodge will be yep. out, outside of the corporate deals. Uh, it's going to sleep 10 people comfortably. We've got uh, a wood pellet smoker thingy that we put out there. We've got some cornhole boards. We've had the party barn up there uh, for us to be able to cook at, play cornhole, just hang out, yep. listen to music, have the campfire, whatever, you know. Uh, so the routine deal on something like that would be us going and getting there one day in the afternoon fish all day you know essentially have a nice big supper next morning wake up to breakfast Mm -hmm. uh then a hunt and then we'll provide the lunch we'll fish throughout that day the final day wake up to a breakfast hunt pack up and leave yeah uh and there's all different price options on that however you want to look at it but man it's just both these ranches and then on top of that obviously the holes that you've got it on before uh you know we've got grayford we've got santo uh, we've got Millsap. We've got there, there's pretty much in about a hundred mile radius of where my house is. We we cover a lot of that area. Yeah. Um, and it's man, it's it's been good to us. We we usually can always find the birds. Uh, there, are, there are occasions where we don't, you know. Yeah. Uh, and you, we may go out there and kill six birds, but yeah. uh, for the most part, we're we have enough holes and diversity in what we can offer. We can we can get you on birds. Absolutely. Man, I was, so we, uh, they fished it this morning and then we went out and toured all the different water and drove around the property at, at, uh, Tierra Sagrada and, uh, man, I was just stoked. Like it's, uh, there's literally, I was standing there after looking at all this water thinking I, we can literally say, do you want to hunt wood ducks? Do you want to hunt mallards? Do you want to hunt divers? Do you want, I mean, there's so much option there. And then to see 
all that vegetation that he's planted in all those levees yep. growing up and sprouting. And I was like, man, this is duck Mecca. And the thing is, is you can have two groups on that ranch or three groups and they're still a half mile apart from each other where they're hunting Yeah, because of the way that whole long chain's worked out, man, it's, it's set up well. I'm looking forward to see what that, to see what that ranch is going to bring us this year. Absolutely, yeah. man. I'm so pumped. So you, you had said, I, uh, you mentioned me guiding. I do, I'm a guide for G93 and so uh, we do a lot of waterfowl hunt, a lot of all kinds of hunts. Mm-hmm. And so if you want to get on a sick waterfowl hunt this year, uh, I told Colt the other day, I don't like to make promises I can't keep, but I, I literally think this may be some of the best waterfowl hunting in Central Texas. I'm with, I'm with you on it, man. I mean, I, I, okay, to back that up, I did get to guide this property one time last year. Uh, there was five, there was four hunters and me, uh, the two of the hunters had broke their shotguns while we were there. It was miserable, raining, muddy, sleep mix, and their guns just weren't made for the weather. Uh, so they were jamming up on them. So we ended up with two. No, we ended up with three guns. I let three of those guys shoot. They were about seventy-five-year-old men, and from opening, from the time it was time to shoot, shooting light, twenty-seven minutes later, we had our five-man limit crazy i mean just incredible <laughs> and the, and birds were just flooded in now it was a lot of divers that morning it was an early morning bird and yeah. as i'm picking up decoys of course all your big birds are falling in yeah. you know but these guys uh these guys enjoyed a little too many libations the night before so the <laughs> shotguns were a little loud for them so they were ready to get out of it was there. hot and heavy early yeah. to get yeah. it get yeah. it in uh yeah yeah so the other thing we went when we went out there this morning late took pictures of all of it and so we'll post those all to social media. Uh, follow us on social medias. We'll post that stuff. We'll also put links in the YouTube video of all the different things we're talking about on the podcast. Uh, Lace typing notes to me here. And so that was one of them. Thanks, dude. Look at you, producer man. It's yeah, awesome. Good job. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, uh, man, I'm so pumped about G93, what the Lord's doing with it. And, uh, man, it, I think it's going to be a really cool season. Yeah. I'm excited about that. Well, good. Uh, yeah, I wanted to talk about Valor a little bit, how me, me and Colt met and kind of what that, how that ties into G93 um, and what Colt's doing. So uh, I started Valor Game Calls about five years ago, five seasons ago. Uh, a little bit about me and my background growing up. I uh, um, grew up in Stephenville, which is about 30 minutes from here. Um, I didn't really, my dad, uh, my parents got divorced when I was eight and uh, we didn't really do a lot of hunting at all. Uh, Every now and then, a friend would invite me hunting. I had a buddy that uh, he had a, his dad had a game ranch out in Sydney, Texas. So I went out there and we cold deer and stuff, and that was fun. Um, I did a little bit of duck hunting, but not a ton growing up. Uh, but I knew I liked hunting, but I just didn't have a lot. I didn't have the ability to go do it. Um, so I didn't have that. Like you're saying, you had a dad that was like sold out to it and, and loved it, and kind of I was on the opposite end of that where. I, I liked it and I liked the thought of it, but I really didn't have uh, a dad there in the house going hunting all the time. My grandpa was uh, was kind of my my father figure for me, and uh, he he took me fishing a lot. And I remember going with him on a little lake outside of Stephen. We caught seventy two perch one morning, and I was like, "This is this is so cool." So uh, he he invested a lot in me. We would he'd take me shooting guns and fishing and stuff like that. So that was uh where my passion for um guns and fishing and hunting kind of started yeah and then uh growing up i i didn't i didn't hunt a lot in college and about six years ago a buddy of mine from steamville which 
I'm planning on having on the podcast as well. He said, Hey, do you want to go duck hunting? And I said, man, I'd love to. I, I did a little bit young, when I was younger, but I haven't in forever. And I'd love to. And we went out in this place at this place in Stephenville, this ranch that he, he's the only one that hunts it. And, uh, we, you know, the sun came up shooting light and there's birds all in the sky mm-hmm. and he's got his dog there and we shoot limits, which back then I'm thinking, Oh, you shoot limits every time you go hunting. This oh, is yeah. normal, right? You spoiled you. Yeah. So yeah. man, but I just remember the feeling of seeing birds coming in, him blowing duck calls, his dog going retrieving. And I was just sold. I was oh, like, yeah. this is nothing better. Oh man. It was awesome. So from that day forward was just a con, you know, once you get, uh, you get the waterfowl bug, it's over. And you literally, uh, you literally, um, you start buying decoys, you start buying calls, you start buying, uh, you become poor cause you're buying all the, <laughs> all What's the water. Uh, how do you become a millionaire and be a duck hunter? You start out as a billionaire. That's right. That's the only way to do mm-hmm. it. So, uh, over the last, you know, I just started really just getting into it, buying everything I could and really started trying to get to, into as much as I can. And it came to, uh, duck calls and, uh, um, I, I bought a few, a couple, and then I saw this guy online that was making them, making some that I really liked. I've always liked woodworking, uh, and I've always wanted to buy a lathe and, and do wood turning stuff. And so, uh, I, I thought, man, I, it'd be cool if I could buy a lathe because I could find the material to make the calls. So I pitched that I did a Lindsay, um, and she said, well, just go for it, like buy it and do it which was kind of surprising. So I was like, <laughs> all right, let's go. So I bought a lathe, bought all the stuff. should have bought two. I know, I should have mm-hmm. bought two. Bought a lathe, bought all the stuff, uh, and then I turned my first call five seasons ago, and I remember taking it up to the office um, and showing it to all the guys that I worked with, and they were like, you, you made this? You literally, And it wasn't because of anything. It was just like kind of one of those things, uh, it's hard to believe that someone made that whenever I had never talked about making a call, you know? So they're like, what, how'd you get into that? What? And I posted a picture online, social media of one of the first calls I made, which is a little, is a clear acrylic with real glass laid into the acrylic. And uh, it kind of blew up on me on Facebook. And that's what kind of started launching my business. I was like, people wanted to buy it. I came up with the name Valor. And, uh, I literally was looking for a name, uh, at the time, I was printing T-shirts. I had a screen printing company that I was doing on the side. Drove over to pick up some shirts, and the screen printing uh, company that I was working with had a shirt hanging in the window that said Valor on it. Mm-hmm. I was like, that's a cool word. And so I just was like, that that would that sounds cool. Valor one, game calls. One way to do it. One way to do it. Yeah. So I went with it from there, and then uh, just over the past four seasons, uh, just continued to grow. And uh, at sometimes it's so much that I'm like, man, this is too – I got to – got to start hiring someone or do something different, but it's been really cool to see, uh, in four years. I mean, I look back at stuff that I started making back in the day and I'm going, man, that's, that was rough. Like, oh it was, man, you come. So, and I'm going to, I'm going to pause you just a second. Let me tell you <laughs> guys, he is being humble because he has came just a phenomenal length of difference from where he was. And even, even with some of the OG calls, uh, yeah. you know, they were great calls. But, man, he's he's got this new custom tune that he just came out with. And I am a hot-aired, loud-talking, just loud guy. <laughs> and I can't break this sucker over. Yeah. And it's it's pretty easy to do with anything else, but this call right here is incredible. So go well, ahead. Thanks, Sorry. man. No, that's great. Uh, 
so I started, uh, you know, over the past four years doing different things and really growing in my kind of, uh, experience in making calls. But about three, three years ago, I think is when I started guiding for you and we met and all that. Uh, I was friends with Zeke and, uh, he said, Hey, my brother guides. And I think he actually bought a call for you. And, uh, and it actually, the read was messed up and it wasn't something weird. So it was a miracle that you, he, so Zeke kind of set it up where he said, Hey, my brother guides, uh, would you want to meet him and talk about it and all that? And so for you to even say, yeah, I want to talk to this guy that made me a duck call. It doesn't work. <laughs> <laughs> was crazy anyway. And I didn't know that till later. And I blew the call. I was like, yeah, there's something messed up. And it's like a piece of something that had gotten in the read or something. Yeah. But anyway, uh, so we set up this meeting and I remember Zeke, I was on my way to meet you. I didn't know Colt door at all, but I, I, I knew I was going to meet Zeke's brother and Zeke calls me and he says, Hey, <laughs> <laughs> he said, Hey, I gotta, I gotta warn you. <laughs> Colt's a little rough around the edges mm-hmm. and, uh, you'll know what I mean when you get there, but I just wanted to give you a warning. <laughs> and so I said, okay. So we met at your buddy's house and, uh, we talked calls and talked guiding and, uh, it was, uh, yeah, you rough around the edges, man. It was awesome. Mm -hmm. So you were, uh, and I loved it. And so we, we, I started guiding for Colt, uh, pretty, I mean, a bit after that he started using Valor calls and, um, it's just been a cool relationship ever since. Uh, so we're, um, right now we're fully custom barrel insert, everything, custom colors. I just turned some, uh, wood calls that have an African blackwood, uh, soundboard in them. And man, I'm loving those. So what I love about my company is we're not a mass produced call. And so every call, uh, we're kind of doing some rebranding stuff right now, actually. And we're coming up with new slogans and stuff. And we've thought about some different things the other day. I thought, uh, character in every call. Cause one, the name valor, uh, I want people, uh, to live a life of valor. That used to be our slogan, but man, not only in the field when we're hunting, have, have character, um, be a, a moral hunter, um, yeah. be honorable, all that kind of stuff. But also, uh, having that, uh, just, uh, gospel in my company and, yeah. and using that as well. But I thought, what if my slogan was character in every call because of that, like having just pushing that, hey, let's be men, let's be what God's called us to be. But also uh, every call that I make is different because everyone is hand turned. So you get to spend as much time as needed in each single call to make it to make it what you prefer. Yeah. And we can the mouthpiece may be bigger or smaller or, you know, whatever color. And so uh, what I like about it is, I, I, you know, you've built me probably 20 calls, you know, and. I, I come I come back if there's something I don't like about one of them I come back to you and I say man can I get a little a little more squeal in it or you know it's kind of breaking over on me or something and in no time you've got that call back in my hands and it is exactly how I want it to sound you know uh, and that that's you're just not going to get that with a mass production company yeah and that's cool that's one thing I love about there's a point where you get to where you're like, man, this is a lot. Should we ma- start mass producing or start CNCing? But I love the fact that, uh, you know, Colt, whoever can say, man, I really like this in a call. I really like this. I really want it to, to respond like this or sound like this or this kind of back pressure. And I can go uh, tune it. I can in the field literally tune it how you want or sand the tone board down um, to, to do whatever you want. And so that's been a cool 
I love that about doing handmade calls and being custom. So that's where we're at right now. Um, you can find G93 Valor Calls on all the social media. If you want to book a hunt, I'm serious. Like, uh, it's going to be a gnarly season. It is. <laughs> um, so find us on socials. We're going to post a lot of this on socials, all that kind of stuff. But I wanted to, real quick, this is our first episode. I wanted to go over one topic to give just a small taste of what it's going to look like in the future. I hope to have Colt here a ton hosting with me. Lay's going to host different, our buddies, like we said. We gotta get Bridger in here sometime. We get Bridger, Ryan, oh, Zeke, Zeke, all these guys. A bunch of idiot, funny people. We need to have an episode that literally we don't have an agenda. We just say, "Tell us stories." Yeah. Uh, well, we may have to censor that some can't of that. Be live, yeah. yeah. That'll, that'll have to. Yeah, most <laughs> some, definitely. Some of those guys. Yeah. But anyway, uh, man, the first topic that I wanted to talk about, which we've kind of talked about some of it, as, uh, and I think it's a great topic to start out with, is why do we hunt? And so. Uh, I know you talked about your dad and growing up and all that, but why do you hunt, man? Why do you like to hunt? What does that look like? Man, I'll give you a prime example. Lathe sitting right over here, man. He's He is all in it with this new photography, or, you know, not new to photography, new to capturing the hunt. Uh, there, you don't, I don't find more joy in, in just about anything than seeing someone on fire to hunt or to be a part of it somehow, you know. Uh, Lathe is behind the camera, uh, and he he's out there with a big old smile on his face, and he's laying. You'll see him laying in the dirt. I mean, he'll be walking <laughs> out in the water. You don't ever know. I mean, sometimes you, he's always in camo every time I see him, so you don't see him half time. He always shows up with another piece of equipment that he's camoed. Like whether it's a Yeti, whether it's a Yeti cup or a new camera, whatever body or whatever, it's always got camo. I love it. Well, and, and I would say, I, so to go back, I've been real fortunate to, to hunt for my entire life. Now, not waterfowl. Waterfowl is still new to me, you know, within the last 10 years, but uh, as far as whitetail and everything else goes, and uh, it's I've been doing that since essentially birth, you know. Uh, but I think that hunting for me, I, I and this is extremely cliche for somebody to say, <laughs> but hunting for me is I find the most enjoyment in someone's first time yeah. hunting. I mean, it's when someone goes out there, like I guided a, a fallow hunt last weekend, Man, this guy had never done anything like this, and he actually he won it in a raffle the same day he I think he went and bought some lottery tickets because he's like, oh man, my luck's here, <laughs> you know. But yeah. he uh, being with him during that whole deal, I didn't get to be with him as he shot it. Uh, the guy that I, the guy that I was with on that deal actually got to to harvest him with him. Yeah. Uh, but him coming back and just the door flying wide open while I was cooking supper, he's like, Colton, you know, yeah, I yeah. got him, you know, and yeah. Uh, that's, that's what keeps you hunting, you know, cause it's, as a lot of y'all know, it's tough to get up as a waterfowl guide, especially cause you're, you know, sometimes two thirty, three 3 o'clock in the morning yep. and it is colder than you know what outside <laughs> and you're putting out decoys and then you got a hole in your waders and then your dog pooped next to the deer or the blind in the know, blind, in the blind, yep. that's happened. <laughs> uh, and you know, so, so it's things like appreciating a person's first hunt uh, that keeps you waking up, you know, yep. uh, and now I'm blessed to have kids. I mean, my son, he shot his first deer on his sixth birthday. Uh, and he shot, he shot a doe, 183 yards in the heart. I'll never forget it. Oh, man. Uh, a good buddy of mine, Ryan Dickerson, 
uh he said man bring bring catch out and uh catch and i got in the blind my dad got to go for catch's first hunt and we all three sat in the blind 183 yards catch dropped him or dropped her yeah her, you know since then he's killed multiple deer and he, he'll be nine this year and he's killed lots of pigs and yeah uh you know he'll Every once in a while, he may walk inside with something that he may not have been supposed to kill, or, or something <laughs> you know, or catching frogs or whatever. Yeah. You know, there. Uh, so, just the enjoyment of my own kids in the outdoors, whether it's hunting or not, but just hunting gives you something to do while you're in the outdoors. Yeah. You know, uh, I could I could sit outside in a lawn chair and watch the birds fly by. You know, red birds, mockingbirds, whatever, and, and enjoy it just the same. But it's uh it's an agenda for something to be outside yeah you know absolutely it, that's that's what keeps me going for sure yeah so i i you talked about your kids man i uh my son he's i have three kiddos a 10 year old daughter a seven-year-old son and a four-year-old son and my seven-year-old is just cannot wait mm -hmm. to get out and shoot a shotgun and try to get on some birds and uh man that's those, what it's all about that's what it's all <laughs> about those those moments in the field where uh, I, the one thing I love about waterfowl hunting, I don't do a lot of other hunting. I do a ton of waterfowl hunting, but, uh, the moments in the blind, like sitting in the blind and you don't have to be quiet. One thing I love about Colt is you could not see a bird all morning, but you're going to have, you're going to laugh. You're going to have fun because, uh, just, uh, how you, how you talk with people and, and, uh, tell stories and, and create excitement in the blind, man, that camaraderie that's there in the blind yeah. is awesome awesome and then for that to be happening and then this awesome big group of birds finish and you get to shoot them and then everybody's jumping and hollering and hooting and clapping and uh high-fiving uh, it's just one of the coolest things that you can experience getting to hunt with friends getting to hunt with family uh you know providing providing for your family uh, i think a big thing is um like the lord created us to be gatherers to hunt you know g93 g93 that's right you set it up up top so uh like the lord there's something about the lord has anointed that and whenever we're out there doing it in the field um and and i'm not saying if you don't like hunting that that you're not experiencing what the lord has yeah. for you that's not it at all but man for me personally um and i think for us like when we're in the field it just feels like man, God created everything that's around us and he created these birds and these animals and he created wood and acrylic and, uh, you know, duck call reeds. He created all that. Mm -hmm. And the fact that I get to experience standing in a blind and blowing on this thing that calls these birds oh, in yeah. is just unbelievable. That's got to be such an accomplished feeling too because I am not – a wood worker <laughs> now i do know like tying flies for fly fishing there you go the first time i ever tied my own fly and caught a fish on it oh there was there wasn't a more successful feeling out there i yeah. was like man i'm i could live on an island by myself yeah there you it know? is <laughs> but to go to go back to waterfowl hunting and, and stuff so there's nothing in the hunting industry quite like waterfowl hunting you know and and i'll break that down for you if you're a dove hunter you're going to like waterfowl hunting because you're shooting birds. Yeah. If you're a fisherman, you're going to like waterfowl hunting because you're on the water. A lot of times, you know, yeah. And, and uh, the majority of the time. Uh, if, if you like to, you know, hang out with your buddies and cut up and laugh, that's a perfect – you're right there in close quarters. You're yeah. shooting the bull. Uh, 
you know, and if you like deer hunting, you're still in the blind. You still have that effect. You still have to get quiet, sit still right when those birds are working, you know. So you have all these uh, different types of hunting brought into one form of hunting called waterfowl hunting. Yeah. You know, and so you get a little it, – it, it's for – as long as somebody can take a little taste of something they like, it's for them. Because, yeah. uh, like I said, fisherman, dove hunter, uh, deer hunter – just hanging out with friends. If you like any of those things, you will like something about waterfowl hunting. Yeah. You know? I think the one thing I've heard, uh, guys that hunt, uh, I asked a guy the other day, do you like dove hunting? He's like, yeah, I love it. And I was like, well, you'll love duck hunting. Then. Oh yeah. It's like dove hunting on steroids. I mean, oh, it is. Yeah. And, uh, he said, man, I've been duck hunting, but I just, man, I can't handle the cold. Like I don't like the cold. Here's the deal. I don't like the cold either. Uh, <laughs> and we're in. Uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I'm the same way. I mean, uh, we're, we're in Texas, so it doesn't get crazy cold. There's some mornings where it's icy. I hunted Oklahoma two seasons ago, and there was two inches of ice across the whole pond. It was cold. Mm-hmm. Um, so it doesn't get crazy cold here, but we don't like the cold. And when we create blinds and we create like our cover mm-hmm. we've got that in mind we're trying to cover as much as we can to keep ourselves yeah, so, from being cold so micah uh took the liberty to build the new duck blind out at one of our holes in santo last year yep and we call it the mihal because it's like the taj mahal <laughs> and it he built this thing for comfort uh it I, I told you know i told him how much leg room i wanted in it and he's like man that's gonna be wide and he found out real quick that i wanted to make sure my two my two burner mr buddy would sit right in front of my feet <laughs> perfectly yeah you know and of course my dog because she's my baby i yeah. i want her to get warm too you oh know? yeah but uh yeah it's we definitely that's a good good point we definitely put that into uh the factor into effect when when it's time to build we don't like being cold no uh now there is something you know but to go back to that you look you, you're sitting there watching the weather app on your phone yeah and you're like okay next thursday we're supposed to have a 15 mile an hour north wind we're supposed to drop 20 degrees and you you never think about it being cold for our sake you know, and it being too miserable to hunt, yep. you think about what it's going to do to benefit that bird. You know? Absolutely. And, and, and that's – so if you're weighing your options, I don't care how cold it is. I, yeah. I'm I really, going to be hunting. Yeah, and I think we're – we don't live in the coldest – like we were saying, we're in yeah. Texas, and it does get cold. There's some mornings where I open the door and walk out, and it's, you know, 25, and yeah. I'm going – it's a little cool Mm -hmm. but at the same time like you're saying i'm like it's cool that means we got a shot here to get on some good birds so um yeah we're uh right now it's the end of july so i don't know when you're listening to the podcast but it's end of july our teal season here starts september 12th and so that's opening day i know across the country uh, it starts different times in different uh, states and flyways and all that but for us it starts september 12th um, and really, where we're at, we pretty much hunt in swim trunks opening weekend. Very much so. <laughs> I mean, uh, it's so hot. Or I'll be in my breathable waders yeah. with no shirt on. I mean, it just <laughs> depends on what it is. We'll post the picture. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, but def- you never know. And we have, I-, I remember about five years ago, I had a good buddy of mine from Midland come in. It was me, my buddy from Midland, Jared Addy. Jeremy Molesby and Mac McAllister. Yep. And it was cold in September. I mean, not cold. We probably woke up to 58 degrees or something. But when yeah. you're used to Texas heat, you know, where it's 114 last week. In yeah. Midland, 
yeah, that's cold, yeah. you know, especially a drastic one, but it, it benefited uh, the birds for sure. Yeah. You know, and even right now we're at the end of July and today Cahill was the third person to have told me, man, I've got some blue wings sitting on my hole, yeah. you know, and so. Up in North Texas. Yeah. Right? Yeah. yeah. And uh, so I don't know, you know, Santos usually real quick to hold teal, uh, but they're usually real quick to leave too. Yeah. You know, so. Yeah. So we're, uh, man, I'm pumped about teal season and then our big duck season starts uh, the second week in November, I think yep. November 11th or Adventure's somewhere around Day. there. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, we have, which two. is also my birthday. Oh, happy birthday. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we'll do teal season early and then we'll, uh, have big duck season. Uh, we start in November, which is of course a little later than a lot of people start cause we're further South, but, uh, I think it's gearing up to be a really good season. Uh, man, one last thing <laughs> we can talk a lot about it here. Uh, we're in the middle of Rona, like you said earlier. Mm-hmm. And, uh, man, there's a lot of talk right now about Canada being shut down. Like we can't go across the border. As far as I know, have you heard that? That we can't. I have not, no. I think what I, what I heard last week is Canada is not allowing uh, us to go up and hunt. And that's, I think the number that I heard was like 70% of the hunting that takes place in Canada is American, uh, like guys from well, down next here. Next time going you see there. that post, tag my social media account in it that's right <laughs> that's right but man i think that uh it's gonna look weird this year like whenever there's not that much hunting going on up there i don't know that hunting really pushes down a ton a ton of birds i think yeah some hunting pressure does i think if we get a lot of snow i think el nino is what does it yeah this, you know. ice does i think snow a lot of snow does uh but it's gonna be weird to see i think the numbers they're saying is like a million, 1.5 million to 2 million birds are harvested in Canada mm. and that's numbers going to be cut way down. Yeah. So a lot of those birds are going to be coming this way. And so it could be a dramatically different season. We Maybe don't next year we'll get 10 mallards. Yeah, know? that's I mean, right. You never know. <laughs> you never Back know. in the old point system days, that's how it was regulated pretty much every year. You know, the numbers changed on what you could shoot, what your points were, what the duck point meant. And now we've been stuck at this five and two or five and three on your mallards and then your three wood ducks. You know, we've, we've been there for a long time. The only variants we've seen have been in pintails and, and canvas back. Yeah. You know, sometimes you get one of those, sometimes you get two of those a day. And yeah, uh, we haven't seen anything in a more common sought-after bird like a – like a mallard or a wood yeah. duck, you know. I, I I get a lot of people that want to shoot mallards and wood ducks. Uh, I can't always supply that right. by, any, by any means. As a matter of fact, in North Texas, you're not going to kill a lot of mallards. Now, you can if you find a good wheat field uh, that's close to a big lake and they're coming to morning feed or something. Uh, but outside of that, just little bitty cattle, cattle ponds and yep. farm ponds is where you're going to kill your mallards around here. Yeah, and we – uh, we pound redheads and widgeons. Mm-hmm. Like that's what we. We pound. are the redhead and widgeon kings. <laughs> and widgeon is honestly my favorite. I think it's my favorite bird to decoy. My favorite bird to shoot. Oh, they are. I've uh, shot mallards, and I love that too. Don't get me wrong. Yeah. But seeing widgeon come in, and man, it's just super. Now oh, you you awesome. shot. So last year when you were guiding the hunt with the people from California and San Antonio, yep. the Dodd family. Yep. Uh, you shot some kind of hybrid duck. We we never realized some some redhead something mixed. It's a redhead hen, uh, and she had a ton of color in her head, like a bunch of white speckling. And I don't, we could never tell if it was we're, a hybrid. We're gonna have people on here saying, "Oh, that's a juvenile," but yeah, it didn't. It, for clarification, it did not look like a juvenile. It, it looked like some kind of spotted farm duck or something. Yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. And, and I don't know what it was. Uh, and then you got lucky last year too. 
on another hunt. Yeah, it was la the last weekend. So I hunted Friday and Saturday of the last weekend. That Saturday morning hunt was the one you're talking about with that redhead hen. The morning before that, we shot a banded redhead drake, yeah. which we don't, I, that's the only hunt I've been on in the last five years where I've shot a band, but uh, we shot a banded redhead drake and we shot that morning a widgeon that was really close to being in a storm widgeon. I mean, he had a yeah. ton of white on him. So it was, I mean, I was going, man, what happened this last weekend? And it was weird. I saw a lot of people on social media posting hybrids or banded birds that yeah. last weekend. I think that a lot of it is probably people are seeing that these are of not a value, but more reaction out of the social media world because they, they, they had to have been just as prominent 20 years ago. Yeah. But people are like, man, that's cool. And, and I found it hilarious watching all the arguments on there. They're like, no, that's a pintail green yeah. head and in all reality that thing was on a commercial for aflac last week <laughs> you know and they let it back out at the farm and it jumped over to your pond you yeah. know and yeah uh and you killed a ruddy last year that's not something we do very common yeah uh you know i i've i've been pretty fortunate when it comes to bands uh, i've got real lucky a couple times uh probably my favorite story is i'm sitting there taking a buddy of mine and his daughter on her first ever duck hunt. He had only hunted one or two times. Uh, Era, you know Era, yeah. Roach. Uh, his daughter Maddie, and we we let some. She she couldn't. She wasn't comfortable to shoot in the air. It wasn't happening. She wasn't quick enough to react, and so we let these pintails work right at us. And right when they were sitting down, she boomed. And uh, I told her, and it was a beautiful just bull sprig drake pintail mm. and my dog went out there and we'd already shot i i shot a whole bunch of redheads uh or i, I shot my redheads and i shot the uh widgeon and everything else uh the i told her i said you're that's pretty rare that you shot a you know big drake pintail down here at least yeah. uh for your first ever duck and I said, the only thing more rare would probably be to kill a banded bird. And she said, what's that? And I said, oh, it's this little silver ring they put on their feet. And like I said, I had my pile of birds over here. And yeah. one of the redheads, she said, uh, she said, oh, like that one. Oh, goodness. And my gut turned over. And I was like, <laughs> what the heck? And I looked down, and sure enough, I had never even knew it. You know, my dog uh, just went and got it, and I threw it in the pile. And, yeah. And we went on, you know. But, uh, oh, that was awesome. Yeah. So Lath uh, just looked this up on his computer. Canada border is closed to American hunters due to COVID-19. Oh, no. 100%. So I've heard a lot of that on podcast guys saying, uh, you know, all the hunts that they were had booked in Saskatchewan and all that, they're, they can't go. So now they're looking for other other places to hunt, whether, whatever it may be. So G93. Hopefully. Let's do it. Hopefully G93. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, if you can't tell – we love hunting. Like I asked one question, why do we hunt? And we started talking hunting stories already <laughs> and all that. So uh, anyway, we're going to wrap it up today. But man, I love, this has been fun. I love hanging out, talking. Uh, I hope to continue to do this. Uh, a lot more podcasts have a lot of guests on. But thank you for checking out the first Valor Sport, uh, Outdoor Sportsman's podcast. Um, check out all our social medias, Valor at Valor Calls, at Johnny, G93 Outdoors, at Capturing the Hunt. Uh, we'll be posting a lot of stuff on there. We'll post the link to the uh, to this podcast on all those things. But, uh, man, thank you all for listening. We're excited about uh, what the Lord's going to do through this podcast this season, and it's going to be awesome. Thanks, Cole, for being here, man. Man, it was an honor. I'm excited. About yeah. This thing. yeah. Thanks. Lath.
He's a man you can't hear him, but you will one day. Mm -hmm. Awesome. Thanks, guys. We'll talk to y'all soon.